Well, Jesus, um, a lot of his teaching was in response to uh, someone coming to him saying, hey, we've heard that it was said this way. What do you say? Or they said, Jesus, what will happen when we, when we uh, die? Or Jesus, what do you say about this situation? And in response to the questions of what those, the crowd or Pharisees or uh, religious leaders of the day, hurting people, hungry people, in response to their questions, Jesus gave his answers, and he gave us the word, and he would show illustrations and give us object lessons, and he would point to a child and pick up a coin and draw on the dirt and give us answers for life based on the questions we were asking. And so on Easter, uh, for the last two years, we've did a huge survey, and 3,000 responses have come in about what you would have a question about. What would you want to hear a message uh, about what the Bible says? And that's the, the real catalyst behind you asked for it. So last Sunday, we talked about the number one issue that you guys talked about, how do I really forgive? And if you missed last Sunday uh, and you're struggling with a, a hurt, maybe a relationship gone sour or somebody who, you know, oh, I'll forgive them, but I'll never forget. Uh, if you're dealing with anything like that, I invite you to go to TimberCreekChurch.com and you can look at our latest messages. And I think that would be a help to you. If you're thinking, I'm going to send this to somebody, they need to know this message, then maybe you need to watch it first. Okay, just, I'm just saying, okay. So today we're tackling the second issue, which was also... There's a serious issue last year when we talked about this. And so I'm going to try and take it from a couple different angles today. And it is, how do I deal with all this stress in my life? How do I deal with all this stress? What does the Bible say about me uh, 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 freaking out? Okay, that, that, what, what does the Bible say about that? Now, and I thought to myself, nobody in here is stressed, Right? Nobody in here, I mean, when you think about your job and responsibilities, everything's good. Man, people that you lead, they, they do exactly what you say when you ask them to do it. They've got a great attitude. They understand the culture of your organization. They're never late. They're always on time. They're always saying, how can I serve you better? I mean, that, you know, we all deal with that. And responsibilities, they seem to be getting less and less. And, and, and there's really, you know, I mean, your boss, boy, they're fantastic. It, it's like, you know, uh, you really like them. And people that work for you, you like, and they like you. And they just, I mean, they know exactly what to get you on your birthday. I mean, everything things cool. You're making money at your job, but really it's probably too much money. You wish, you wish maybe you could get a decrease in salary. You know, everything's cool. I mean, why would I be stressed out with job? And speaking of, of money, you know, I mean, hey, more money, no problems, right? I mean, I get a little bit more money. I got no problems. And some of us, you know, are saying, wait, 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 wait a second. Because that's not how it is. And we've got money issues and money problems. And when we were making $2.47 an hour working at, at you know, at the, uh, the Village Inn restaurant, which what I was making back in the day at, at the uh, Village Inn restaurant, it's like a IHOP, glorified IHOP, it, it, we, you know, I, if I could just make a little bit more in tips, if I could just make a little bit more, if you could just, some, people are saying, if I could just make, you know, $4 an hour more, if I could just make $20,000 more a year, then our family would be set, then we'd have it. If I could just, I mean, money, it, it, but, but we just get stressed out about money stuff. Health. Let's not even talk about it. Let's not even talk about it. Because we can get stressed out about health. Some of you, your health is because you're stressed out. You're having health issues because of your stress. And then the more health issues you have, it gets you more stressed out. And it's like this vicious cycle. You are chasing your tail on this sucker. Media overload, because Lord knows we need more, you know, CBS and ABC and CNN and MSN and FOX and OMG. We, we've got it all. 
Everybody's got media overload from Twitters and YouTubes and Snapchats and Facebooks. And, you know, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook are combining to make one company. Did you guys hear about that? It's called UTwitface. And, and uh, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's this awesome thing. You guys got to check it out. It's a joke. It's a stupid joke, but it's a joke nonetheless. Media overload, lack of sleep, all of this stuff, you're staying up and maybe you're thinking if I get a little bit more time, if I stay up a little bit later, I can get it done. If I get up a little earlier, I can get it done. But there's lack of sleep, which causes stress. Crazy schedule driving the kids here and there and everywhere. If you've got kids, uh, maybe you, you're, you're, uh, you just, your, your, your uh, life at the work keeps you so busy and you don't have enough time at home, you feel like. And just crazy schedule. Yesterday, picking up kids, dropping kids off, taking them to birthday parties, having to work. You know, you, nothing drops my chin to my chest quicker than two tables set outside a Brookshire Brothers or a Walmart and somebody selling something, except for Girl Scout cookies. I will buy, bless Jesus, some Girl Scout cookies. But nothing puts my chin to my chest. I'm like, oh man, I, I got, I got uh, just a debit card, fellas. But I'm out at Brookshire Brothers yesterday selling a Yeti cooler, you know, raffling for a Yeti cooler because our kids, bless their heart, they need another uniform. Crazy schedule. And not enough blank for everything. Not enough patience for everything. Not enough emotions for everything. Not enough money. Not enough time. In fact, the two main culprits that develop stress in your life are these two, time and money. Time and money. And when we don't have enough of time and money, all these other elements can get the best of us. And guess what? You can make some more money by spending some more time. But you can't make more time in your life. Everybody, every one of you gets 168 hours a week. And how you use it, you know, depends on where you head. All of these things, and in an effort to get the most out of life, we can lose control of our life. You know, maybe you didn't have all the things that you want your kids to have because when you grew up, you didn't have the nicest this or the nicest that or you didn't have that chance or you didn't get to play sports because they wouldn't do it. And so you're now going to, to, to try and get the most out of life. And what can happen is parents that are trying to relive their lives through their kids and experiences that they didn't get when they were young, they, put, they pile them up on their kids and all of a sudden, and to get the most out of it, we actually lose control. And all of a sudden, some of the most important things, when you say, hey, it's time for dinner, the kids just go to the car. That's it. I'm, 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 speaking, I'm speaking Yancey language right now. You know? And, and we just, we are in a mad dash all the time. And if we don't ever find margin in our lives, if we, if we never step back to evaluate this stress-crazed uh, race that we're on, we, 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 we lose focus we, we get, we get, what we get is chaos in our lives. We get chaos. And chaos j just develops all kinds of other stuff. When we're, when we're living in chaos, there's like these, these elements that happen to take you to this place of stress. Now, on your worship guide, there's not fill in the blanks today. Usually, we'll, we'll give you some fill in the blanks. Um, but I would just invite you to maybe jot some notes down because I think this will be helpful to you. If you hear the message and you write it down and you try and practice listening or walking through that a couple of times this next week, the chances of you getting the most out of what God wants to say to you today exponentially increases when you revisit what you're writing down. I just invite you to make that a habit when you come into church is to take good notes.
But chaos ensues. And when, when we live a life of chaos, when life becomes chaotic, okay, here's what happens. We become scattered. Got to do this, got to do that, got to do this, got to do that. We become scattered. We're like a shotgun. <laughs> Instead of a laser focus, a rifle focus, it, it's just it, everywhere that we're scattered. The Bible talks about this in Proverbs 17, verse 24. The Bible says, an intelligent person, a wise man, aims at wise action, but a fool starts off in many directions. Now, I would, I would assume that every one of you, when you wake up in the morning and you hit the, hit the stop or the snooze, that when you finally get up, you, say, you don't say, I wonder if I can be foolish today. I wonder if I can just run at a breakneck speed today. And so some of you, you wake up and, and you know, you, instead of saying, good morning, God, you say, oh, God, it's morning, you know. And you have a different outlet because instead of starting with a, with a wise action, aiming at where you need to go, it's like, boom, we hit the snooze bar too, too many times. Now we have seven minutes to get the kids dressed, teeth brushed, in the car to school. And we know if we, if we miss that threshold of seven minutes, then the big long lines start. It's may, it stretches you out. So in the car, instead of, you know, hey, what can we pray about today? You're like, I cannot believe you're not ready when I tell you to be ready. Is this just me? A fool starts off in many directions and we get scattered. From scattered, we become reactive. Instead of thinking through how to respond to something, we react to things. It's what, it's, it's what we call tyranny of urgency. When, every, when everything is scattered and we can become reactive, so when something's said, you know, when something's said around the water cooler and doesn't hit you right, or the boss says, where's that, that report? You're like, I'm on it, Lisa. And you react to, to Lisa, right? And you become reactive instead of in control of your emotions. No stones here. I've had my share of being reactive instead of proactive. We get frantic, emotionally explosive, all over the place. It's like, it, it can be like living with Jekyll and Hyde. You're like, hey, how you doing? Uh, great, man, high five. So what's going on in your life? <laughs> like, like that, it's just a moment where things can get frantic. From there, we experience the stressed life. You know what's crazy about this is in our culture, living a stressed life, living a life at breakneck speed is almost glorified these days. In fact, I think um, we like to compare plates. We like to comp compare how busy our plates are. Man, I'm just so busy. Man, you're not joking. The other day I had to do this, this, this. I didn't get in bed till four. Well, I didn't get to bed till 420. Oh, really? I think it was actually 430 that I didn't get in bed. Oh, really? Well, I haven't slept in four days. <laughs> it, it, this com competition competition is like we're measuring stress like like the more stressed you are the more gold gold stars you get that's our culture it, it is and we we deal with stress in a healthy way so some people are, are you're hearing this and you're saying yeah that's just the way it is I, it would be nice but that's just the way it is because you know why we say it's just the way it is because stress gives us tunnel vision when we remove our guardrails from life, when we remove, remove the margin, all we can focus on is the issues at hand, and all we can say is, that's the way it is. It just is what it is. I got no choice. I have to say yes to that. I have to say yes to this. I have to say yes to that thing. I have to go to that place. I have to say, and, 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 you, and you don't have to do it. But you got tunnel vision. You can't help. 
I was talking with someone in between services, a Vietnam vet and a police officer, trains police officers, and he's now retired. And he said, you know, when you get into an intense situation, you can get that tunnel vision. The training talks about you got to make sure you're, you got to make sure you're, you're looking around because if something happens right in front of you, if you're not careful, you can get so focused on the target right ahead that you, you forget to look to your right or your left and you get this focus on that. It's like this stage gives me plenty of margin. I've used this illustration before, but, it's, but it's, 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 I think it's a potent one for all of us to know. We can see it right here real time. I've got some space, but the closer I get to the, to the edge of this platform, the more that, that your focus goes on less of what I'm saying and more of where I'm standing. And the closer I get to this edge and feel it on the heels of my shoes, the more I'm not effectively thinking through the sentences that I'm to say next, and the more I'm thinking about where I'm standing. So I lose effectiveness in my life. I lose focus in my life. I, I, I lose the ability to really be me when I don't give myself any margin, when I don't evaluate running life at the red line. Your car has got to... to Tachometer, tachometer, what is it called? What is it? Tachometer. Tach oh, thank you, Rob. <laughs> Rob, Rob, like born to be wild, Rob. He's, he's, he's got some awesome cars he's re redone. A tachometer. Rob shouldn't just know that. I should know that. That's a pretty simple thing. <laughs> just because it's got a red line doesn't mean it's meant to be living in the red line. But some people are living in the red line. You're, li you're, living, you're living in the red, and your engine's not meant to live that way. And you need some space. Otherwise, you've got tunnel vision. You can't get beyond what you need to get beyond. So what's the answer to our stress? I'll tell you one answer. I love this answer, and it must be God, because if you just spell stressed backwards, it spells desserts. It's the answer to all issues. Praise God. Where's the satin pie from Ralph and Cacos? I'm scattered, I'm reactive, I'm frantic. I want blueberry cobbler. <laughs> and that is the answer to some of our stress, isn't it? You know, a little bit more to drink, a little bit more to eat, a little bit more freedom on what I look at, a little more flexibility on the kind of conversation I have with someone of the opposite sex who's not my spouse. We get stressed, we want to answer it in all kinds of ways. The culture that we live in is begging you to be like it, to be like the culture. And we are living in a culture with no margin. We're living with a culture that's stressed out to the max and it's causing pain and depression and suicide and divorce and hurt and, and lack of progress like crazy. So how do we, how do we get beyond this? Because <laughs> some of you may feel like you're Job when Job says, my days go by faster than a runner, they fly away without my seeing any joy. And there's such power in joy. And if you're living without seeing joy, you're missing a component that gives you the strength to go beyond the next level, that gives you the strength actually to back away from the current circumstance. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is my strength. And so if you don't feel like you got the strength to carry the stress level you're carrying, and by default, the stress level you're carrying is actually sucking the joy out of you, you are in a lose-lose position. Job is in this feeling, this moment where he feels like he's a lose-lose. It's going so fast, and I don't even have joy, which really joy is the buoyancy 
It gives us the stability and the buoyancy that when the waves crash, when the storm brews, when hurricane winds are forced upon us, that joy gives us this buoyancy that no matter what the conditions are around me, I can have stability. See, happiness is based on the conditions around me being good. But joy is saying no matter what my condition is around me, I have my joy and strength in him. And so if you don't got strength in him, how are we going to make it to next month? How are we going to make it over those numbers on this quarter? How are we going to get past what, what seems to be this huge obstacle, but, but it feels like it's huge because you're living with no margin and, no, and you're living stressed and you're living focused on that issue. And, and Jesus wants to say, <laughs> just back up. I was with my aunt in Tijuana, Mexico. That's a funny beginning of a story. <laughs> we were drug mules in the 90s, and it was, anyway. We were in Tijuana, and we were doing the whole bartering thing with the, the market salesman, and, and uh, he said, uh, one guy was saying, he didn't understand what he was saying, but he was saying, everything in the store is 60%, 80%, 100% off. And I was like, 100% off? That's a deal right there. But my aunt went to negotiate with a Mickey Mouse sweater. I'm sure it was a, a real Mickey Mouse sweater. Um, she, she negotiating, and, and when it went time to pay, my aunt got all stressed out and upset because the guy was charging her more than what he said she owed. And my aunt got a little crazy in Tijuana <laughs> over a Mickey Mouse sweatshirt. That's how my family rolls, you know? It wasn't switchblades and drugs or anything. It was, it was a Mickey Mouse sweatshirt. And the guy, I remember, I remember this vividly. The, the guy breaks into his English and he says, lady, 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 relax, count to ten, uno, dos. He goes all the way to whatever ten is. I can't remember right now. Diaz, thank you, thank you. Tachometer and DS. Thank you, Rob. And she just, if she could, she just, I, I, I think the Holy Spirit would want to say, Lady, gentlemen, relax. Step back. Let's see what God wants to say to us today. Because you shouldn't leave here carrying all the weight you're carrying. You can leave it. You can hand it. You can lean on everlasting arms. Or you can carry it on your own. Your choice. So when I'm stressed, five key things happen to my life. Five things happen in my relationship. Five things kind of show up as symptoms to a stressed out life. Number one, my emotions are inconsistent. You're just, you're inconsistent with your emotions. As I mentioned last Sunday, you're not you when you're offended, like Snickers bar, you're not you when you're hungry. You're not you when you're offended and you're not you when you're stressed. You're not on your best. Some people like they invite the feeling of stress. It's really more of a, it's more of a mechanism to push against their procrastination than it is an actual healthy deal. And I can tell you that's, that's me. If I don't deal with procrastination, I sometimes thrive on this, this uh, adrenaline that hits 
and the stress that can hit and have adrenaline at the front end, but actually depletes me and is more dangerous for me on the back end. But because I've waited and I'm not giving myself margin, I almost can get addicted to that euphoria of getting it done at the last minute and coming in with no time to spare. Is it just, is it, maybe that's just me. Hey, you may not get anything out of this message. I'm gonna get a lot off of my chest today, okay? I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave feeling better. You may not be helped at all. But my emotions can be inconsistent in those moments. Number two, I'm less productive. Now we think if we give an extra hour at the job, we think if we show up a little early, we think if we put more time in it, we think if we work from the dining room table instead of spending that time over here, that then I can become more productive because I'm gonna put more time in. But the Bible's pretty clear, Proverbs 19, careful planning puts you ahead in the long run. Hurry and scurry puts you further behind. Proverbs 21, a person in a hurry makes mistakes. And we become less productive when we're scattered and frantic and reactive. Number three, the risk of sinful choices increases. You give yourself a, 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 almost a pass. What once you would have put plenty of space against, what you would have built a wall against, in the moment of stress, there's this feeling of maybe I deserve this. I, I deserve that extra dessert. I, I deserve I like the way this person makes me feel. I, I, I am I, at the risk of sinful choices. Listen to me. Listen to me. I'm going to speak somebody's language in just a second here. If, if your vernacular easily, just easily, when you're stressed out at work, if, if, if you are default to as soon as I get home, I cannot wait for that glass of wine. That choice in and of itself may not be sinful. But what you are seeing happen is the risk for sinful choices that can ensue when we begin to allow a, a, a um, product, a, a wine, that smoke, I gotta have that smoke break because that person is driving me nuts. And all of a sudden, that habit can get out of control and become life-controlling. Are you hearing me? And so even the Bible talks about being on guard, that Jesus is on a return someday. And in the book of Luke, Jesus says, be careful. If you're not, if you're not diligent, you can get into this carousing and, and drunkenness and, and anxieties of life, and you'll not be ready for me. And I can just say that if we have to have something beyond Jesus, you, you, have a chemical, you have a chemical issue, there's something that's been prescribed to you, I get that, okay? I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about stuff that, that helps offset a chemical imbalance or something in your life, but, but if all we rely on is the stuff around us, it can give us a, a risk for more sinful choices that can ensue and can snowball in our lives. You hear, are, you, are you hearing me this morning? Okay. Now, now this is just, this, you know what? We're all, if I, if I stopped right here, people would just be like, you know, going to sleep depressed in their car, not even leaving the parking lot, because that's just like a lot. And so to help everybody out, we got to deal with some stress. So here's some stress balls from starting point. Okay, starting next week, up in the back, there you go, got to catch him. Here we go. Oh, right there. Some of you, who, who needs a stress ball to finish the rest of this message, right? Okay, there we go. 
There we go, right in the back. Oh, it's looking good. Oh, there he, uh, oh, sorry, Rob. I hit him right in the tachometer. <laughs> what happened? In the back, the kids in the back. There we go, all right. We got, we got a few more, here we go, here we go, here we go, oh! Man, I got an arm. Should've put me in, coach. How much you wanna bet I can throw a football over the mountains? All right. <laughs> Fix the shirt, catch my breath. Too, too, too much desserts therapy. <laughs> And let's now go to the next place. Number four, I can feel empty. I've given all I can give, I feel empty. I can feel lonely. I can feel at a hard spot. When we're empty, we'll look for anything to fill us. We're merely moving shadows, the psalmist says, and all our busy rushing ends in nothing. The psalmist is describing real life feeling, real life hurt, real life stress, real life heartache. And it feels like we're just moving shadows. What's the point of life? And it's all our busy, rushing, ending in nothing. And finally we get to this point where God can seem distant. And can I tell you, when God seems distant, I, I just wanna, I just wanna, I wanna fix your theology for a second. Because some of you, you think that maybe God has turned his back on you. And I can say when there feels like there's a distance between you, God hasn't moved. He hasn't moved. It may be that you have so removed the margin in your life that you can't even see God because all you can see is your problem. All you can see is the stress. All you can see is the, the marriage. All you can see is the, what they keep saying and not changing. And you gotta back up, give yourself some space, give yourself some room here. God wants to do some work, but he feels distant in this place. And if you're here and you've got one of these, guess what, it's life. Two or three of them, you're gonna face these things. Dealing with stress is not about removing all these. In fact, you may wanna write this down. It's not about removing the stressors. It's about the way we view the stressors. Because that boss is gonna be there tomorrow. And the knucklehead brother-in-law is gonna be there next week. And Thanksgiving is coming like a bullet in November. You, 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 you can't remove all the stressors, but that's what we tend to try and do to fix our stress. People that, that are married, that the, the marriage is stressed out, deep issues, hurts, wounds. We say, if I remove the stressor, I'll get rid of the stress. But it's not that. It's about viewing the situation. And it's about leaning on Jesus in the middle of that situation. It's about trusting God for what only he can do in that situation. Jesus said it like this in John. I've told you these things, all these good things that he speaks of in John 16. So that in me, you may have peace. Because <laughs> really, the answer to your stress is not less stress. The answer to your stress is peace. Peace and joy to navigate the stressors of life. In this world, you will have what? Yeah. I thought when I accepted Christ that everything was like daisies and buttercups and slow motion running through fields like, you know, Julie Andrews and the Sound of Music. No. But take heart, but take heart. I've overcome the world. In other words, I've overcome the troubles. 
And on your best day, you might be able to avoid some troubles, but you can't overcome all the troubles. But if you lean on me and you give me the control, you give me the reins of your life, I I can give you peace because I am the one that's overcome the world. It's not about what you could ever do. It's about leaning on the one who's done it all for you. So what's the biblical remedy then? If it's not about removing the stressors, what, what, what do we do to view the stressors? What's the biblical remedy? Well, in Philippians chapter four, the apostle Paul writes to the church of Philippi and he says, if you do this, he's talking about verse six that's up here, okay? He's talking about all these different things and he gives this long list. And once he gives the list, he says, if you do this, okay, so before I give you the list, just know the solution first. Here's the solution first. If you do this, you're gonna experience God's peace. How many of you like a little bit more of God's peace in your life? Yeah, me too which is far more wonderful than the human mind can even understand. You even raising your hand, I want God's peace. If you've never really known God's peace, you don't even know what you're asking for. And it's greater than what you could even ask or imagine. It's far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will keep your thoughts and your hearts quiet and at rest as you trust in Christ Jesus. Come on, parents. How many have ever said, all I want in this house is a little peace and... And yet Jesus says... Paul says that this is what Jesus gives, his peace, quiet and rest as you trust in him, not as you discipline your kids to shut up, but leaning on him in the middle of a bad day. Don't worry about anything. This is the remedy. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God your needs. Don't forget to thank him for his answers if you do this. If you do this. If you do this consistently, if you do this with trust, if you do this with an element of faith, if, you, if, you, if, if this becomes part of your reaction to the tyranny of urgency, if this becomes your life, not worrying, praying, telling God, thanking him for his answers, you do this. And that's when he says you'll have this peace. He goes on to say, as I close this letter, let me say this one more thing. Fix your thoughts on what's true and good and right. Think about things that are pure and lovely and dwell on the fine, good things in others. But you know, we love to invert that. What we end up doing is fixing our thoughts on what is, you know, false or what sounds good and what is, you know, enticing and right. Think about things that are, that are, you know, whatever makes you feel good or lustful. Dwell on the stuff you read on Facebook. You got to think about all you can praise God for and be glad about. It's the right perspective. Now, I know how to live on almost nothing, Paul says, or with everything. I've learned the secret of contentment in every situation, whether it be A full stomach or hunger, plenty or want. And he finishes that whole statement with one of the most popular verses in Scripture. For I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So what we have turned into a motto for the football field and for the track race, actually, I can do all things. (laughs) I I can find contentment when I'm stressed out, whether it be on a full stomach or hunger, plenty or want. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's what he strengthens us to do. That's the joy. That's the power of that scripture. So we see it. You may want to write them down. Worry about nothing. 
Pray about everything. Thank God in all things. You don't have to thank God for all things. You don't have to thank God for cancer. Cancer is no good. But you can thank God in the middle of your struggle. Someone last week in our service lost everything in Houston. And they said, but you know, I didn't lose any family. So thankful that our family is safe. Stuff is stuff. And as people that you may know or you don't know pile the front of their lawn with what took their whole life to get. They could feel like they've lost everything until they hear, Daddy. And across the lawn comes running their child who was safe. What's most important? You gotta thank God in all things. Worry, I've said it before, but I think it's worth saying again. When we worry, it's like basically we're saying there is no God. When we worry and put it in our own system, how am I going to do, how am I going to do this? Like, don't you know that God is real and hears you when you pray? And when we, when we worry, it's like we're engaging practical atheism in our lives. Like, who needs God? Yeah, who needs God when you can worry about it? But we pray about it. And we can be content with anything no matter what life throws our way. Are you hearing me this morning? Okay. So we know all this. Yep, sounds good to pray. I don't want to worry. You're right. I've heard that before. That sounds, I know it's hard to do. I want to thank him in all things. I know, I know, I know this. So why do I keep doing it? Why do I keep not doing what I know to do? The apostle Paul struggled with the same thing. I know what to do and I don't do that. And then I, I don't do what I'm supposed to do. He knows the struggle and the struggle is real. The roadblocks in your life might be keeping you from the truth you know from becoming the truth you live. So, so when you know these things, this is the truth I know right here. And I know it to be true and I can stand on these promises. But I'm living over here. And the space between what I know, it don't matter if you know the right thing or not. It's living the truth. It's living the truth. And I'm inviting you into a surrendered life where you don't just a hop, skip, and a jump, make the whole move to how you should know the truth. But I'm saying today, you can make some steps before you walk out of this room to get closer to the truth you know, being the truth you live. But in order to do that, you've got to remove some roadblocks in your life. Now, I love what the Holy Spirit does. He, he moves on our behalf. He, he comes in and he can fight. We, we just sang uh, the Lion of Judah fighting our battles. I mean, like, he fights some battles. But also, there's two feet in a heartbeat with you for a reason. There's some roadblocks that Jesus would say, yeah, yes, that's you. That's, that's your part. This is something that you have to take you, you, you have to take this step. I'd love to push you, but it's your choice. I'm not going to force myself on you. You choose to take these steps to avoid the roadblocks that you have built, the wall that you've developed. So here are three key roadblocks that I invite us to step away from, to, 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 to destroy today, and begin unbricking brick by brick. Number one. A roadblock from you living the truth you know, becoming the truth you need to live it out, is the gap between the real and the ideal. I mean, we are flooded with the ideal, 
Pinterest house and decor and the next crock pot recipe. Jeremy, you're looking at the wrong Pinterest. I know, I'm interested in stuff like that. Sue me. The ideal family, the ideal vehicle, the ideal house, the real and the ideal, and we don't like the gap that we feel between the real and the ideal. And the gap between the real and the ideal, because we're trying to measure up with the Joneses, because we're trying to uh, succeed in something that God never said, you don't have to look like them, you don't have to be like them, you don't have to have what they have. We fight the wrong battles and we fight the wrong struggles and we deal with this gap between the real and the ideal. And so I think we need to make a declaration today. It doesn't have to be perfect. That's hard for me to say. Let's just take it off of there. We're not gonna even talk about that one today. I struggle with this one. I want it, I want it to be perfect. But it doesn't have to be perfect. Everything in life doesn't have to, you don't have to be doing all that everybody else is doing. Your kids going to all the same places, all the same camps, all the same sports. You don't have to do all that. You, you, don't, you, 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 you don't have to work the rest of your life trying to make dad happy. Okay? Because if you haven't made him happy by now, he's trying to find happiness in the wrong places. Can't be perfect. The perfect marriage, you, you've set such parameters on your spouse you want the ideal and just you're, you're, you're living in fairy tale land I love you but like you know manage your expectations the dude ain't Jesus and he ain't the devil <laughs> now she might be a devil with the blue dress on I'm sorry Paul says, to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a, a real situation. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. And so now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. You know, I've had before someone come to me for counseling that goes to another church. They said, I, I attend this church, but I, I need to talk to you about something. Well, why aren't you talking with, with your pastor if I might just be honest? I don't, they can't know about this. They can't know about this. You know, they, they, like, I can't tell them what I'm really struggling with. Oh, that, that's, that's, that's a major wound in and of itself. That's a major issue in and of itself. And Paul says, I can actually talk about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. Some of you, you got to let the pride go. You got to set down the pride, and just say, I can't do it all, I can't accomplish it all, we don't have enough money to do it. Some, some people, you want so desperately for Christmas to be perfect that you rack up all this credit card debt at Christmas because you didn't have a good Christmas, and I'm sad for you on that, I am. Everybody ought to have a good Christmas, but a good Christmas doesn't mean that you're paying for Christmas next year at Christmas from last year's Christmas. And so, you, you know, kids, kids are in these competitions. I've been to the birthday parties where this kid gets that and then the other kid expects that and we're, we're stretching ourselves and, you know, it just, it don't have to be perfect. I promise you hoverboards are gonna fall away. iPhone, whatever, is gonna fade away. 
At the end of the day, I, I really don't remember many of the good gifts my dad gave me. I remember a lot of the stupid gifts he gave me. I can remember those because they stick out like a store thumb. I'll tell you what I remember the most is my dad at night coming in, putting his hand on my back. I love you, son. Taking time not to run out to Target to get me another toy, but spending time. I love you. What do you want to talk about? Everything okay? I mean, hard conversations, good conversations. Jeremy, how's your thought life? You've been looking at stuff you shouldn't look at. Dad, I thought we were just going to the grocery store to get biscuits. <laughs> I think I'm going to Brookshire Brothers. He's wanting to talk about pornography. <laughs> and thank God he did. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that he did. So that we could deal with the weaknesses Get beyond this facade that some of us just, why? Why are you living in the facade? Be real. It don't have to be perfect. Guess who's perfect for you? The one that you can lean on, not on your own understanding. Number two, my relationships. Now, this feels like a healthy thing, and it is. But my relationships can be just as much a roadblock than it can be a road that I can walk on. It can be an obstacle because it's not, because you, you may want to write it down. We're designed for connection. We're designed for connection. It's not just something that we decide to do in pastime. You're designed for, you, 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 you are out of your mother's womb and that baby is looking for connection, looking for connection. We nourish each other. The Bible says it's good for man to not be alone. God in his infinite wisdom even shows us himself in community. That he has the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Three in one, one in three, were designed for connection. Dr. Henry Cloud talks about four corners of your universe. I mentioned this last time I talked about stress. It's a good little recap there's four basic corners of where you live when it comes to relationships. And you might find yourself in one or more of these boxes with different people in your life. For some people, you live in no connection. You're designed for connection, but you got no connection because you, the relationship you had last time, it burned you, you learned your mistake, you will never be vulnerable again with anybody else. Am I speaking anybody's language? And so you choose, I'd rather have no connection than get burned the way I got burned. Some of you, 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 you're hungry for connection almost to the point where you'd even settle for a bad connection. You would go against the sovereignty of God in your life and choose connection because you're so hungry and thirsty for acceptance of who you are that you would choose a bad connection because of the way it makes you feel and understand that. And I hurt for you because sometimes we settle for a bad, this is what gangs are made of right here. The gang member that doesn't have the family life that offers them the love, the support, the help, and when the going gets tough, we're there for you. They find it in the gang, and it's a connection, but it's the bad connection. Relationships, you got burned, and so you'll choose to be with this person. Or you feel like you're not good enough for anybody else, and so you take the next offer, and it's the bad connection. Some, you think it's good, but it's not. It's a false good. Because there's this 
intensity there that, that maybe you feel saved, but they're just not what God has for you. And it seems good to man, but in the end, it leads to disaster. And where, we're, where God is calling our relationships to go is to this real connection. And it starts with healthy relationships that follow a biblical model of life. That, that's the best real connection you can have. Ephesians, Paul says, under his direction, under God's direction, the whole body is fitted together perfectly, like a puzzle piece. And each part is its own special way, helps the other parts, so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. That's the way God designed the church, so that the church would show people how we really live. So that the body of Christ wouldn't be disjointed, dysfunctional, disunified, right? It, the, the body of Christ would be a beautiful example. Marriage is designed to show, marriage, <laughs> marriage, <laughs> a beautiful arrangement. Um, it, it is designed to show us healthy relationship. That's why the sanctity of marriage is not about what we think about sexuality. It's about the symbol that God gives us through marriage, so whether it be um, same-sex marriage or marriage that puts themselves first and doesn't put God first, both of them can give us a wrong picture of real connection the way that the word of God shows us. It's a healthy and growing and full of love relationship. It's what the church should look like, and it doesn't always look like that, does it? We need to do, we need to do a better job, Timber Creek, at showing a full love, full growing, fitting together perfectly. Paul says it like this when he was on a missionary journey to Macedonia in 2 Corinthians. When we came into Macedonia, we had no rest. We were harassed at every turn, conflicts on the outside, fears within. Do you see what's happening? There was stress against them. They were harassed. There was stress around them, conflicts on the outside. And there was stress within them, fears within us. Stress comes out from all kinds of angles, within us, around us, against us. But God, who comforts the downcast, comforted us by. And here's a remedy. Here's a remedy. Are you ready? How does God comfort those that were harassed and conflict around them and fear all within them? How does God comfort them? By swooping down from heaven and fixing it? That's not what the scripture says. That's what we ask, but that's not what he does. But God, who comforts the downcast, comforted us by eliminating all our stressors with a single word? Nope, that's not what he does. But God, who comforts the downcast, comforted us by, and here's interesting what Paul says, by the coming of Titus, a friend, relationship, real connection. There's just some things you'll never get if you try and live isolated. But when you live with community, God comforts us in the right spiritual community. So groups, we got magazines out there. We don't print them just because we wanna spend money on print. We wanna create groups because we want you to have real connections with real people going through real struggles that are really imperfect but know a perfect God. And if you've not dived into a group, maybe you're afraid, man, last time I was a group, I walked in and there was chips and dip. They were all standing in a circle, you know, chanting or something and I didn't even know what to do. So I just ate Doritos. That's, that's, not, that, that's not what we're trying to make groups into. If that was your experience and it was recently, let me know after service. We're we going to make a phone call, okay? <laughs> Starting point, we've talked about it three different times. It's time, everybody, 
It's time if you've been part of our church for a while, from, from two weeks, that's a while, to two years, that's a while, to 10 years, come on now, come on. Uh, what a starting point. Oh, if you've been here for a long time, it's time to plug in and be in community. You know, this next f- Saturday, we've got the marriage emoji. This graphic even ticks me off because it shows, oh, the wife's in a good mood, everything's great. And there's me. <laughs> you know. Come on, let's go to this marriage thing. It's going to be awesome. Uh, you know. Can I just tell you, work on your marriage, everyone. Work on your marriage. Come on, you'll spend time working on the deer lease. Well, you'll spend time on Pinterest. You'll spend time on Pinterest. Take a Saturday. Instead of scrolling through Facebook, instead of doing that, let's take some time and work on what's most important. You'll be amazed at how it affects you. That, you can sign up in the lobby. Number three, and I'm done. This is the last one. We've got the real and ideal. It's an obstacle. You've you've got to give that over to Jesus and you've got to make some steps. Number two, your relationships. If you are investing your life into pseudo good, bad, and no connections, you are going to be stressed and you'll have tunnel vision in your life. And that's not the way God's designed you to live. And then there is just this issue that we have an addiction to control. We want to control situations. We learn as a young pup, don't we? The word mine, my choice, my life, my decision. We want control. In fact, we've probably said this, Would you fill in the blank with me? Here we go. If I want it to be done right, I better ask my wife. Oh, wait, no, what? (laughs) What was it? Oh, yeah, do it myself. That's right, that's right, do it myself. If I want it done right, I better do it myself. And boy, doesn't that sound on leaning on your own understanding in all your ways acknowledging you because you make your path straight? No, Proverbs 3, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding. In fact, if I want it done right, I better start to lean on him. You really want things done right? Lean on him. Lean on him. Lean on him. And I know it sounds simple, but I promise you, your complicated way ain't working. And if you, if you could do, if you could bite your bottom lip hard enough to fix everything, you gotta lean on him. He's best at transformation, but then he gives you his spirit within you to do what he's calling you to do. Lean on him. So the declaration I'd invite you to take today, God, I'm gonna surrender what I can't control. I can't control how my prodigal son responds to me. I can't control what they did. I can't control, but God, I surrender to you control. I'm not going to let them control me. I'm not going to give them the keys and the steering wheel to my emotions in my life. I will surrender to you, God, the control of what I can't control. You're better at that than I am. So we've talked a lot about the writings of Paul today. I'm going to finish with what Paul says in one of the epistles, and he says it like this, and it's his prayer for you. And he says in Romans 12, unlike the culture around you, 
<laughs> always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, always inviting you to do a little more, spend a little more, give in a little more, trust yourself a little more, do what feels good to you. Don't worry about this antiquated, you know, old Bible that ought to be in a museum. If you're following that, you're, man, you're old fashioned. You're, 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 like, you're like a relic. That's what the culture would say. Stress, that's just the way of life, baby. You don't get to the position where you need to be unless you're not stressed out. But see, unlike the culture around you saying all that, God brings the best out of you. He develops well-formed maturity in you. So here's what I want you to do. And here's what I'm inviting you to do is take the words of Paul as though they're for you because they are. Take your everyday ordinary life. You're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work, you're walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Think about that for a moment, all of the weight you're carrying. And would you do this object lesson with me? Would you just take your hands out like this and just open them up like that? And I just want you to just, just close your eyes for a minute. And I want you to envision all the stuff you're carrying right now. A de decision at the job, the house payment, the debt, the hurt, the sickness, the schedule, the kids, the job, the tension, the chaos, the conflict, the deadlines, the decisions. Put it all in your hands and I want you to feel the weight of all that. You were not designed to carry that on your own. And I'm inviting you, just push your hands forward and just place it into God's hands. God, we give these things to you as an offering. We can't navigate all these things ourselves. Place it right there. Now open your eyes and let's finish this verse. If we embrace what God does for you, that's the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. I hope this message has made you think a little bit about where you may need to prune some activities, prune some stuff. A rose bush can have a lot of pretty roses but if you don't cut back the good roses, that bush won't give enough nourishment to make the bigger roses the best roses. Sometimes you gotta cut off good roses to have the best stuff. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out, really, readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond. I'm inviting you to quickly respond to what you're sensing today in your schedule and in your life. Quickly respond. I invite you to talk to who you love the most, who you trust the most today, through a text message or a phone call or a private message. Talk to them, I need to prune some activity. I need to make some adjustments. I've gotta slow some stuff down. I've gotta, I gotta make the most important things the most important things. And I'm gonna invite you to quickly respond to this message. Because if you don't, you will be exactly where you are next Sunday and the next, and the next. And you'll look back and you'll say, where did the time go? And it went exactly where you put it. That's where it went. It went exactly where you spent it. 
because the way you spend your time is the way you spend your life. That is your life. Let's pray. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I wanna invite you to quickly respond to leaning on Jesus today. If you're here today and you've not been close to him, you've not invited him to be your savior and your Lord, maybe there was a time in the past but you've drifted from that or you've never asked him to be the center of your life, I'm inviting you into that relationship today. More importantly though, he is inviting you into that. He came to the cross, he died to cover the sin, the junk that you couldn't cover on your own by yourself, he does it for you. If you're here today and you need to embrace what he's already done, giving you the gift of salvation and nearness that he wants to be near you today. If you need Jesus to be your savior, would you quickly respond by putting a hand up in the air? I need Jesus to be my savior today. Put a hand straight up in the air, right across the room, right across the room, several hands going up. Nobody's looking around. I see your hand, but way before I could ever see your hand, God sees your hand. You can put it down. Thank you for your honesty. You just say, Jesus, I can't carry all this on my own. I give it to you. Would you be my savior? Save me from myself. Help me, Lord. I don't want you just to be a quick fix for my stress. I want you to be my God, my Lord, meaning I want to follow where you want to take me. And I embrace you today. I invite you into my life today. Thank you for giving me this chance today to make things right with you. heads still bowed and eyes closed. If you're here today and you're here and you're saying I've got a lot of stress I'm carrying. I got a lot of stuff and I need to surrender it to God today. I'm living that red line. I'm living with no margin. I'm living and I'm feeling it. And I want to respond to what Jesus wants me to do. If that's you, would you just put a hand up? I'm putting my hand up with you. Jesus, may the joy of the Lord be their strength. May they trust in you. May they not be on this crazy race to try and just accomplish all this, but they would first and foremost lean on you. Don't have to be perfect, but they have got to surrender control to you in everything, in their mind, their will, their emotions, their marriages, their relationships, their heart, their thoughts, their words. We lean not on our own understanding, but we submit to you today in Jesus' name. Thank you, God, now. Thank you. We receive, we receive with faith that you are going to help us do what we don't know to do. You're going to give us guidance on the next step to, to, to view these stressors in our life from a biblical, Christ-centered perspective. And we will trust you that you're going to help us in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Let's give it up for those that made a decision to follow Jesus today.